this morning's offering. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. The song is very appropriate. God is a very present help in the time of need. And I think it's appropriate this time for us just to thank the Lord, you individually, to yourself, with your head bowed and your eyes closed. Just thank the Lord for your salvation. You're saved today because of Jesus, His death, and His resurrection makes salvation possible. Thank the Lord for how He's provided for your needs. Now take an attribute of the Lord and just thank Him for that. We're going to talk about His holiness this morning, His sovereignty. We are where we are today because of God's plan. Just thank Him. And praise Him for that. Then petition the Lord on behalf of your family, yourself, your health. You may have a great need. Just petition the Lord in the name of Jesus. Say, O sovereign King of the universe, I trust you with my situation. Father, as we come to your prayer, Lord, we are a praying church. And Father, we are where we are today because people, like people in this room here today, normal people, sinners saved by God's grace, Father, we pray. And Father, we just didn't pray, but we believe that, Lord, you can do anything. Not just with land and the building, but, Father, in our individual lives. Father, as I look out across this congregation this morning, Lord, I just see answer to prayers. Father, we pray for some people healed physically, Lord, and you've done that. Father, we pray for marriages to be restored, and you've done that. Father, we pray for our children to be saved, and you've done that. Father, we pray for you to meet financial needs for individual families, for jobs, Lord, for doors to open that remain and shut, and Father, you have done that. And Father, we'll be careful not to give man that praise, or a woman that praise, but Father, we'll give you that praise. Father, we love you. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll bless this offering. Lord, bless the gift and the giver. And Father, be glorified because of it. And we'll thank you and praise you for the things that you alone can do with it. In Jesus' name, I pray and all of God's children say together.
And all God's people said, Thank you very much. Don't you look up here, look up on the screen for just a moment. And this would be hard for somebody to understand what this is, but our church members really understand this. This was taken uh, before I came here. The bus farm's not in the picture, but this is how it tells the Baptist church used to look. We had uh, a brick home over there with eight mobile homes, and where we're standing right now is full property. Okay? And uh, that was a very trying time for us. I remember in 05, I was preaching. It was in November, December. I had a preacher friend come. The church had just voted me in as the full-time senior pastor. And uh, he came one Sunday. And I remember the deacons and all the leaders, we said, park across the road. Um, and we parked across the road. And I had a, a preacher friend of mine after the service. He came up to me. It looked like he was kind of upset. And I thought, oh, no, what happened? And he says, listen, if you don't do something at this church, you're going to lose a lot of people that you can have. He says, you're going to have to do something. And I said, well, literally, there's nothing we can do. You know, we're landlocked. Uh, we're, we're here among a bunch of, uh, like an industrial park, I believe Gary called it one time. And there was just really no way for us to, um, to, to, to move and have any land. And I'm going to share with you kind of how we got this land during the message, but... Um, Today, we have what we have because of the grace of God. And, amen. This is all of God. I was sharing with uh, Joseph for the service. He was talking about how all this came about. I said, there was no person who did this. I said, every step of the way, the Lord um, just kind of opened and closed doors for us. And we never tried to get ahead of it. We just said, God, if this is your will, we're, we're gladly going to follow. But um, uh, if you look around, there's some some distinguished guests here, if you will. I'm not going to read everybody's name, but if you look inside your brochure, the insert inside your bulletin, all these people took part in uh, what you see here today. And if you'll notice in there, I'm going to ask our, our vendors, if you will, if you'll stand, if your name is inside this uh, insert, if you'll stand, I'm certainly not going to be able to remember everybody's name. Just go ahead and stand. So you'll see all everybody stand up all over, if you will. Stand up. Let's give them a hand. Thank you very much. I would say every name inside this insert, um, I would encourage you. They get uh, uh, 10 out of 10 stars for me. They get excellent. It's great to have Graham Hunsucker, if you'll just stand for just a moment, Graham, from Hebrew Construction. Uh, I would say this, Michael, you and your, your wife, you, you go ahead and stand if you will. You guys know Brace? Well, you need to get to know him. Uh, wonderful people. Uh, Hebrew Construction has been wonderful with us. I've heard horror stories between churches and construction companies and how this this and that's going on. But this, they've been wonderful to work with. And uh, Brace was here from day one. He's a good Christian man. Um, I would come over here every now and then. Brace would do anything inside this building. And uh, Brace, we really appreciate uh, the work that you've done here. The first time I met you here, you walked over the property and you, your leg was hurt or something like that. And uh, we just went ahead by faith and dropped that construction trailer over there. And I said, I believe you guys are going to get the business. You don't even like to move your trailer. But anyway, they finished up at Appalachian State and came down here and they've done a wonderful job. And let's just give them a hand. Chapman, you'll stand, and your family. Mark Foy, and your family. Tim Dyson, and your family. Tracy Russell, and your family. Marie Chapman, and your family. Amy Johnson, and your family. Valerie Cockrell, and your family. Wes Fox, and your family. Milton Campbell, and your family. And I see Joel Davis, if you'll stand. Joel, if you will. This, this drawing is a concept. Joel Davis drew this. I think back in 07, and we're glad to have him. Listen, I just want to tell you something. Steve Blackie was chairman of Deacons whenever we first got the property over here. And he said, we need to put together a committee to decide what the church needs to do next. And we came up with this committee. And this committee talked to several 
uh, groups in the church, and, and through that process, which started, I think, in 06, uh, literally what we came up with was this building. And uh, this group has been meeting since probably 06, at least once, once a month, and sometimes four and five times a month since 2006. And they have worked tirelessly. They've made hard decisions. You don't understand the decisions that they've had to make. And I just, and they didn't quit. I'm so thankful for every one of them, for their family members. So let's give them a big hand clap. Well, buildings aren't free, are they? I mean, well, they're not. And um, whenever it comes time to talk about raising money uh, and starting a capital campaign, um, we thought about a theme. And if you'll notice up here on the screen in Ecclesiastes 3, uh, we were talking about this thought when Solomon wrote this. He says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And he lists all these things. And he says, there's a time to tear down and there's a time to build. And back in 06, we decided in 06 and 07 that for the next several years, our time was a time to build. And from that time forward, um, we've talked about uh, raising money, having a, having a time to build um, campaign. And I encourage the church to talk to Marion Powell. Marion and I worked together at Three Forks Baptist Church. I think it was in 95, 96, 97. And I still to this day say I learned as much from Marion Powell in those few years than I have from any person I've ever worked with. And Marion Powell's a class act. And um, somebody said they were joking. They said, Marion Powell could get money out of a dead man. So I saw him walking in the cemetery, so y'all be careful. Anyway, but, um, we called Marion, and Marion really led us. Uh, and, he, and he got together, and he, he gave us a blueprint of how to go about this and do it in a good Christian way. And do it in a way that you're not um, you're not being uh, overbearing on people. And um, I'm really thankful for what Mary and Powell means to me as a person, number one. But number two, Mary and Powell led us uh, to start a building campaign in um, May of 2008. If you remember, in November of 2008, we had one of the roughest economic uh, crashes in the history of the United States of America. And our giving has not stopped at all. And part of that is because of how Mary Powell set the foundation. So I'm going to ask Mary Powell to come up here and say a few words. Let's give him a...
you went through the challenge goal, and in the next month or so, you're going to complete the hallelujah goal of $1,600,000. One million six hundred thousand dollars. There still were some obligations and tasks they had to perform. There were some enemy tribes in front of them. There were the Amorites and the Hittites and the Electroclites. No, that wasn't one of them. But there were a lot of enemy tribes that they had to get through. And God said, I'm going to be with you all the way. Your task is not done. Because I'm going to challenge you to keep on giving. Even though the building has been completed. And though you're occupying it. There are still challenges for you to do. And I know that God will guide you and enable you to do that. To Him be praise and glory forever and forever and forever. Amen. Mary told me not to sing, so I won't. Uh, I appreciate the meeting stand. Stand, will you stand with your wife, please? Stan's our architect. He'll stand with us. Stan, uh, Stan came in on our project uh, after we'd already had some drawings drawn. And uh, Stan has done an outstanding job uh, with drawing the building and a, 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 a project of this magnitude. So let's give Stan a uh, hand. Before we did the groundbreaking, whom I want to name the building after. Uh, and as we were talking about naming the building, um, we talked about how that when you have a man who gives 30 years of his life to a congregation, it's not just the man, it's the family. And through our discussions, we talked about how we wanted to honor the whole family. And um, we wanted to honor Gary and Linda. Melissa and Heather. Yeah, I'm going to say something about Melissa and Heather. A lot of times when a pastor has a long pastor and he retires, typically the children and the grandchildren go somewhere else. Uh, Melissa and Heather uh, have been here. They serve here. I'm honored to pastor you and your family. I'm honored to be your pastor. And I'm just so thankful for you all. Uh, you have wonderful husbands, Amy and Scott. Um, Gary and Linda's grandchildren, Jake, Katie, Molly, Rhett, and Russell. If you'll notice the picture up here, it's going to be out in the main foyer. We want to thank Tap to go forth for, uh, for taking this picture and the donation that she's made to East Hills Baptist Church. And we want to honor this whole family. We wanted everybody in Alexander County to know that every time you pass this building, that the Jennings family has made a great impact, not just on us, but they've made a great, great impact on our community. Cameron, I want you to put this verse up on the screen, if you will. Psalm 78. Uh, Gary, I'm going to ask him to speak in just a moment as the head of the family. Uh, he pastored here for 30 years. And I shared this at his pastor emeritus uh, uh, service. And I want to read these stats. I want you to understand, 30 years at one place is a, a huge accomplishment. 1,500 pastors leave the church each month due to moral failure, spiritual burnout, or contention in the church. That's church fights. 50% of pastors' marriages end in divorce. 80% of pastors still unqualified for ministry. 80% of Bible school and seminary graduates who enter the ministry will leave the ministry altogether within the first five years. 70% of pastors constantly fight depression. 80% of pastors' wives surveyed wish their spouses would have chosen another profession. The majority of pastors' wives surveyed said the most destructive event in their marriage and family was the day they went into the ministry. The average pastoral stay at any one church is less than three years. And Gary Jennings served here faithfully for 30 years. Gary was a visionary. When he came here, the budget was $51,000. When he retired, the budget was $626,000. Gary led the church to build the first gym in the county for a church. Um, also, the Daniels building, he um, helped lead the church in expanding the sanctuary. And I'm sure that there are a lot of other things. During Gary's ministry here, there was over one, he, he uh, officiated over 1,000 baptisms 
in Alexander County. And let's thank the Lord for that. Gary also, I understand, and I put this verse up here because Gary's known for this, not just to pastor or to preach, but to pastor and to shepherd. And how many of you has he been at a hospital with you at 12 o'clock at night or 1 o'clock in the morning? How many of you have been in Gary Jennings' office and talked to Gary Jennings about things that you never tell another person? How many of you, when you needed to contact somebody, you contacted Gary Jennings first? And how many of you was he there for you every step of the way? And I feel like it's great that we can honor this great family and honor this man. And let me say, what else you tell me say, Gary? Gary is awesome. <laughs> he's, he's good looking, though. Oh, let's give Gary Jennings a
God's blessings for children, grandchildren, is not God's calling for their lives. Alyssa, teacher, Heather, nurse, over Christian husbands, fathers for their children, along with grandchildren who have never known another church home, but this I can say I'm proud of this type of Baptist church for allowing me the privilege of serving so many years as your pastor and for giving us a spiritual home that has enabled our entire family to realize our spiritual potential. Life is not made up of brick and mortar, but in blood, sweat, and tears, shared with others along the way. Investing our lives in each other is the most important part. The greatest gift we can share with anyone is our faith in Lord Jesus Christ and the offer of salvation in His name. This is the only foundation that can be laid in anyone's life that will ever ensure a successful outcome. As they grow and mature in Christ, we see what results are accomplished. When the Lord builds people, Jointly fitting together, they will build whatever the Lord sees fit to lead them to do. To supply His work. May this building be used in every way to bring men, women, boys, and girls to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And to bring glory to His name in all things. Thank you on behalf of our entire family. And may God continue to bless this great fellowship until He comes. And receives us unto himself again. I want to say thank you. Thank you, Gary. Wow, that's loud. Um, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Uh, I'm not going to preach real long, but I am going to preach this morning. I see I've got about 10 minutes, so if you'll stand with me and turn to Isaiah. Chapter 6. I'll be brief. Uh, after the service, we're going to have an informal um, open house, if you will. And um, you're, we're going to have a prayer dedication here in just a moment. And after that's done, what I'm going to ask is our building community uh, to spread out. I'm going to ask our staff to go into the office here. If you have any questions you'd like to ask this time, uh, we want to encourage you to look throughout the building. Uh, once again, thank you so much for being here this morning. But notice what happened to Isaiah when he went to church. The Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you for grace. Father, which is saved those that are saved today, Lord, is because of grace. And Father, thank you for Jesus. And Father, I pray that we always focus on you. And Lord, never focus on carpet or bricks or pavement. But Father, I pray every time we meet in this Sanctuary, this auditorium together, Father, that we would see you high lifted up. In Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's children sit together. Amen. Thank you, Thank you. First thing I want you to see is this. If you notice the first verse, it's that the king had died, but God is not dead. Amen. I heard John Piper say this there's not a single head of state in the world who will be here in 50 years. The turnover in world leadership is 100%. But not God. He never had a beginning and therefore depends on nothing for his existence. He always has been and always will be alive. Heaven is not coming apart at the seams by inattention.
God is never at wit's end with his heavenly realm. He sits on the throne, which leads me to the second point, and that is this. God is in control. He sits on the throne. Notice what Isaiah said. He says, I saw the Lord, Adonai's word. And then when the seraphim speak, they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, all cats, which is Yahweh. When Isaiah, during a very dark period of time of his life, went into the temple, he saw the sovereign one. That's what Adonai means, that God is sovereign. And the angel said, we see Yahweh who speaks of his character. So Isaiah saw somebody that was in complete control. And I want you to notice this picture one more time. Not only is God concerned, notice, notice whenever we come to this process of where we are today. The committee, the church, the deacons had to submit to the fact that God is in control. When I became pastor here, the brick house and those mobile homes, I remember people telling me the church has tried for 30 years to get that property. Have you asked? Have you asked about getting the property? I said, no, I hadn't. I really hadn't had time. I really don't really care, to be honest with you at this moment. And I remember one day the conversation struck up between Miss Sharp and I, and she's so sweet. And she said this, and she'll just tell you what she thinks. Why have you asked me about my property? And I said, I just, I just hadn't. And we started talking about it. This is what I told her. I said, Miss Sharp, if God wants you to do business with us about your property, what I want you to do is this. I want you to pray about it. And whatever God tells you to do, you do it. And if God doesn't want you to move, I don't blame him. I said, at your age, it would be a huge transition. But if God tells you to do it, then there's a reason. And I want you to do it. And within two weeks, Miss Sharp called me back. And we started the process of transitioning her from her place to our parsonage. And it worked out just fine. And I remember when we got the property, we had plans drawn up for that side of the property. The whole time, our prayer was this, God, we don't want to do anything you don't want to do. You're sovereign, you're Adonai, you're in control. God, we trust you. We started drawing plans for that side of the property, and I'll be honest with you, it would have been a difficult thing to build the property over there. During that process, the oil company, which we're sitting on right now, the church had voted in 2004 to buy the oil company for $175,000, and we felt like the environmental cleanup might be $100,000. And by God's grace, that door closed. And I remember talking to the, to the deacons, uh, I think Steve Lackey was chairman at that time as well, and we decided, we said, guys, we never got ahead of God on the other, we're not going to do it on this. And we had a, remember that old fence that used to surround this property? And I said this, I said, guys, I don't want you to make a show of it, but from time to time, just place your hand on the property and say, Lord, if you want us to have it, Lord, you just open the door and let us have it. And you know that it wasn't long after that that we ended up with this property, not for $175,000, but for $18,000. The environmental cleanup on this property was not $100,000. It was $10,000. I want to tell you something. Isaiah saw a sovereign Lord who sat on the throne. And one thing about these tells Baptist church, since I've been here and I'm sure you would say the same thing, is that we believe that God is in control. Amen? And every step of the way, we say, God, we don't want, if you don't want us to have it, there's a reason and there's a purpose and we're fine with it. it should, wouldn't that be good if we did that in our individual lives as well? Now listen, if we can trust God with, with land, with gravel, with brick, with mortar, can you not trust God with your soul? Can you not trust God with your health? Can you not trust God with your finances? Can you not trust the Lord with everything you're facing? If you see Him, how look it up, you can the next thing is this, not only do you see a God that's in control, but Isaiah saw a God that is holy. Notice what he says. Notice what the angels say. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then Isaiah said this. If you ever see the word translate or spoken three times in the Bible, it's only a few times it's ever done. Jesus would usually say, barely, barely, or truly, truly. And what that would mean is we use exclamation points today. Or quotations, back then they would say the word over and over. The angels are saying, holy, 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 of great importance. God, it didn't say God is love, 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 even though he is. Or God is wrath, 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 even though that's part of it. He says God is holy, holy, holy. Notice what the prophet said. He pronounces judgment on himself. He says, woe is me, for I am undone for the first time in Isaiah's life. He saw himself compared to the Lord. And that leads me to say this. As I look out here, we're all just like Isaiah. Every last one of us. 
We're all just sinners saved by the incredible grace of God. That means I'm not even better than you, you're not even better than me. No matter what kind of car you drive or I drive, amen? We're all the same when compared to the Lord. And then the final thing is this. Not only do I see that God is holy and He's in control, but not only that, but God is sending. Notice what, what the Bible says in verse 8. It says, I also heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. After his life had been purged and cleansed, Isaiah said, I'll go, Lord. God got a new prophet. He got a new person. And I would say this. You know, the greatest thing we can do as a church is tell people about Jesus. The greatest thing. Which means that every square inch of this church is not off limits, but it's on limits for God's glory. Amen? Have you ever, now, you might get in trouble, but have you ever known anybody to have a room that they have plastic on the furniture and they don't let people in? Have y'all ever, you can barely raise your hand. I had a relative, like a, like a fourth or fifth cousin, alright? And I remember one time we went to her house, and my brother and I, she, they locked this one room off. It was a white room, and it had plastic on the furniture. They locked the doors when me and my brother came over, but a steel can get in any door, amen? So we got in there, and we were playing in the white room. I mean, it was beautiful. And they came in, and they scolded us and said, you don't come in here, nobody comes in here. Nobody plays in here. And, and I remember not too, too long after that, whenever this person passed away, the family met at her house. And you know what we did? We unlocked the door, took the plastic off furniture, and for the first time, we used the white room. Now I want you to see this picture up here. You know what those are? Those are handprints in the Sunday school classroom that Mark Marshall used. Those are little kids, all right, who have their hands pressed on the glass. We had 80-some decisions for Jesus at BBS. And I'll tell you something, for every handprint we have here, we can clean them up, amen? Every handprint we have here, we can clean. Every piece of carpet that's messed up, we can, we got squares, we can get it up, alright? Because every inch of this building is for God's glory and for people to meet Jesus, amen? And I just want to tell you something, as we're on that, we're also to show great respect for God's house. Great respect. Which means parents, parent your children while they're at church. Amen? Show great respect for this place. But I, I tell you what, I would love, and those handprints aren't there now, but we want them there next year, and the next year, and the next year, and the next year. And I want to tell you something, friends. I believe that if we will get out of the way, we'll see God do a great work. I want you to stand with me with every head bowed and every eye closed. And the way I'd like to end this service is just for us to have a prayer of dedication. And what I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask our deacons first if you'll come forward. Kevin, if you guys can play something softly. If you got it, our leadership will come forward. You guys make your way up here. I'm going to ask our building committee. You guys come on up here. Come all the way up. We're going to pray. And I'm going to have, I want the rest of these Tales of Baptist Church as many as can come up here to this altar. And let's pray. As we close the service. You guys, come on. Come on, let's close the service and pray. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you can pray and ask the Lord right now you're by yourself. You don't need a staff person or anybody with you. God loves you and He hears your prayers. You may have a need this morning. Just trust the God who is sovereign with you and leave it in His hands. And we're going to close this service out in prayer. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Would you just thank the Lord for what He's done here, the things that He did? There's no arrogance in anybody here. We understand that God did it all. Would you just thank Him for that and praise Him for it? pray that God will just anoint this place for His honor and His glory? And would you thank the Lord right now for the souls that have been saved and will continue to be saved because we have a building and we can meet. 
Thank the Lord in advance for the marriages that will be saved. And they will be saved. Because of things that happen in this building. Will you thank the Lord in advance for the people that are about to give up hope, but they don't because they come to a building and meet with the Lord. Will you thank the Lord in advance for how God is going to touch you in ways that only He can because you're going to meet in a building. Fathers, we come to you in prayer. Lord, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Lord, this is the church that has placed their faith and trust in you. Lord, for every decision that we made. Father, we even prayed over the vendors to you. Lord, we thank you so much for the men and women who make up this sheep. Lord, we thank you for, um, Father, how you worked out this whole process. And Lord, I pray that we'd never be focused just on the building. But Lord, what can take place inside of a building? Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we want to thank you in advance for how you're going to pay for this building. And Lord, for how you've done it up to this point. And Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the people you'll save, for the marriages that will be restored. Father, for the marriages that will happen because of this building. Father, for the people, Lord, so many people that are about to give up hope. Lord, they come and they meet with you in a service or in a Sunday school class. Or during an event or BBS, Jesus, we thank you in advance for that. Father, we dedicate this building in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for God's glory and the expanse of His kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's children say together, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Just a couple of things I want to mention. I'm going to ask our Sunday school teachers to go ahead and get in your classes upstairs. And I'd ask our building committee, if you could, to be kind of placed throughout the building. Uh, while you're dismissing, I want to mention that next Sunday morning, all right, we're asking you to bring a can, a bag of canned goods for the Christian Crisis Center. At least one bag for your family, each family member, and put that in our fellowship hall. And if you will, give our committee just a few moments to uh, get in their places, and then we'll be dismissed.